What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Shit Podcast. So today's going to be a solo episode, and I'm just going to walk through, well, my time away from training. I know that a lot of you guys get really anxious, especially in the niche of bodybuilding where we're taught to do more and work harder, and we get really hyper-focused on making progress, sustaining progress, and Unfortunately, sometimes we can get into this fear mindset of, well, if I take time off, I'm totally going to lose all my gains. And I want to give you peace of mind right now. That's not going to happen. So I do want to answer some of your questions, but I want to give a little bit of context to why this happened. So if we rewind back to, well, it started in 2015 and my first prep to 2016. I was in a very aggressive, very aggressive deficit. I lost a lot of weight. I got very, very, very lean. Uh, at that time, I was not doing macros or anything like that. It was just a meal plan. And I didn't ask questions because the guidance that I was under was kind of like, it's supposed to be hard. It's going to suck. And while that's true, like bodybuilding is absolutely hard. It does not have to be so incredibly aggressive and low calorie that without refeeds or anything like that, I mean, it was two hours of cardio and less than a thousand calories from the beginning, which, you know, long-term can do some detrimental things. So I would say that's probably where all of this started. And again, like even though I've reversed, even though I've taken time off, I don't know that I ever took enough time off to really let my body rest and recover. And through competing, gaining my education, I've done it in much smarter manners. But after getting into, you know, hormone health and understanding that and being able to look over those things and address those issues with my clients, it was important for me to also look at that with myself. So in 2020, uh, I did go ahead and get labs done. And then, you know, the coach that I was working with at that time said they look good. And I decided that I would compete in 2021. However, in hindsight, now that I know what I know, I definitely should not have gone into that um, competition season and I should have continued to take time off just based on that information that was in those labs. So then after competing and getting lean once again, it was definitely hard. I definitely pushed the envelope, um, but you know, I got labs done a couple months after. So I, I would first encourage you not to get labs right after competing and expect them not to be out of range. Um, like everything you have to remember when it comes to dieting, your body's going to adapt to protect you. That's what happens. It's there to keep you alive. Your metabolism is not broken. And a lot of the times when I talk to my clients or I'm onboarding someone who's gone through this, essentially they'll say, well, I tried this before and then I gained the weight back and then I tried to do it again, but I can't lose the weight. Well, why is that, right? People don't understand that it's, your metabolism isn't broken, it's adapted. And this is to keep you alive, to keep you healthy. And so the way that we can think about this, the way that I like to think about this is let's say you decide that you're a country boy and you're going to get that uh, diesel truck, right? So it's gassed up, it gets like five miles to the gallon, super loud, you know, those guys. So you go from that and then you start dieting. And all of a sudden after chronic dieting periods, you go from this diesel truck five miles to the gallon to this Prius, this electric car, right? It does. It's like so energy efficient that you're getting like 35, 40 miles to the gallon. So you went from five miles to 40. Now transition that same concept to energy with food. 
right? Instead of gasoline, we're talking about nutrients in food, right? Energy that we put into the body. Your body becomes much more efficient at utilizing that energy. You'll notice in dieting phases, you know, you move a little bit slower, you don't have as much energy, your body's trying to conserve that, while you'll also notice digestion changes. You're probably having less frequent bowel movements, maybe a little of constipation, right? Stuff like that. Your body's trying to absorb all of the energy that that food gave it because it's so restricted. So with that being said, there's a lot of down regulations that happen with that, right? All of your sex hormones will downregulate a lot of different adaptations. And I'm not going to walk through all of them, though I'd be happy to, um, at least the major ones, if you guys are interested in that at some point. So if you are, go ahead and leave a comment or message me on Instagram. That's where I'm mostly active. But I don't want to get too physiological on this, this podcast here. But essentially, that's what happens, right? And for me, I would, I would think um, if I were to take this concept and I don't believe this is like examined in research, we also have to remember when we talk about evidence-based, we're not really looking at specific communities in bodybuilding. Most of the time research and funding goes to the obesity epidemic and diabetes, right? That is, that is important. That is a massive part of the population. So that's where most of the funding goes. I, excuse me, I was really blessed to be able to work with Dr. Campbell in his lab at USF. That changed everything for me. I got a lot of hands-on information and data and got to see stuff in person. So I can speculate a little bit, but I would, I would speculate that when you do this, your body becomes much more adaptive in future dieting phases. So it adapts a lot easier and faster. At least in my experience, this is what happened. Or I never fully recovered. Those are kind of the two options. And I only have two sets of labs to look at. So 2020 and 2021. So if I had some from like before I ever started dieting or even after my year off, that would have been helpful to be able to relate. But I don't. So I can only take what information I have. And I can say preps since my very first prep have gotten more aggressive. Um, it started off being incredibly aggressive. So my cardio has been higher. My food's also been higher. So in retrospect, maybe they're quite similar, just in aggressive nature with manipulating calorie, calories in and calories out. But we have to remember that your hormones also regulate energy output. Like I said, it's going to become more efficient. So this is why, you know, people think it's their hormones that are the reason they can't lose weight. And maybe that's a, a contributing factor, right? So energy in and energy out you know, your, this is why Apple watches and things like that aren't necessarily reliable. This is why plugging and chugging into a uh, calculator online isn't going to be conducive to getting your starting calories and macros because it doesn't consider diet, dieting history or adaptation. And again, adaptation is not a bad thing. It's what's keeping us all alive and here and well and all those wonderful things. So after um, obviously 2021, I do not have any hormones that are conducive to building, to training, to having energy, to being sexual, to, I mean, all of it. I had horrible biofeedback with digestion. Cognitive function was terrible. And so I just coped with it. And I masked that by consuming lots of caffeine and, you know, continuing to train because for me it was an outlet and it's how I handled a lot of my stress. And I am still someone who processes through movement, but now I do more yoga, more stretching, more just leisurely walking. And a lot of that I'll get into as far as like changes that I've made because, well, I've had to make a lot of changes. So 
with that being said, I did get lab work done and we tried to make initial changes, right? I don't really want to go on HRT right away. I wanted to do due diligence and try to get everything back naturally. And I'm still on that route. And so when it came down to it, having reviews from coaches that I would say are respected and know what they're talking about, you know, the best thing that I could do was manage stress. And, you know, and we talk about stress all the time. And for me, I was like, all right, so I'll go from six days to five days and then five days to four days. And then I'll go from, I mean, I'm someone who walks a lot. Like I said, I process through movement. So I was averaging 15,000 steps a day being in the city. I like to walk. It's beautiful out, but you don't remember. I mean, for me, exercise also has an anorectic effect, meaning that it suppresses my appetite. So for a long time, I, and I'm also someone who's gotten really good. I'm a very good dieter. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like a coach's dream. I don't complain about hunger. I'm very good at managing it. Um, you know, I'm not perfect, but I deal with it very well. So for me, I just got very used to that feeling and I was very good at ignoring it and ignoring my natural hunger signals. So I was very out of tune with my own biofeedback, if you will. And so I had to start making those lifestyle changes of, okay, pull back here, reducing training, reducing training. I mean, I went down to three days a week of training in jujitsu and I still was not recovering. I mean, I would train legs and I would be down for three days. Like I would have systemic inflammation to where I would swell like eight pounds. It was just a really bad time. And I was very, no, it was not good. Like it, it was, it sucked because I did not have coping mechanisms in place to help me de-stress outside of training and walking and, you know, talking to my best friend. But, you know, outside of that, it was just routine. It was habit. And I talk a lot about habit because, you know, habits are good and they're bad, right? But we can live in extreme environments. I think people that compete are more along the line of extremists. We're in or we're out. And so that's what I was. And I still am, but I, I have to find this quote unquote, and I hate using the word balance, but I don't even know what that means for me, but I do know that that's what I'm seeking. So, you know, I decided after getting reviews and feedback from professionals, along with, again, coaches in the, the atmosphere that have helped females get their cycles back and have seen cases close to mine, I will say when everything's really in the basement, um, it's, it's hard. And a lot of them have recommended HRT. I just... I don't know that that's the route that I want to go. So I decided in with their feedback that if I'm going to really try to get ahead of this, that I need to really pull back in an aggressive manner. And the best thing for me to do was to start with a month of just not training. And I'll tell you, the moment that that decision came about, I sounded like, I mean, if you were to, if there was a fly on the wall and a camera, and this was watching like a reality TV show, you guys would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? It's just working out. But it was more to me than that. For a very long time in this atmosphere as a coach, as someone with a business, as, as a competitor, as someone, blah, 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 whatever you want to call me, like I was afraid. That's what it was. I was afraid that I would gain weight and be deemed invaluable and not you know, a, a reputable coach because I don't look the part anymore and I wouldn't, you know, w people wouldn't support me or people would judge me. And I was more, I mean, you get the sense that like I was way more concerned about what other people would say or think than what was best for me. And this is, this is a trait 
that I've, I've realized about myself, you know, in this 30 days off, I spent an incredible amount of time reflecting. And my goal with it was I need to be so fucking uncomfortable and get so deep with myself that I can break some of these habits because I'm not serving myself. And that's what I did. I'll, I'll never forget the moment that it happened. I called my best friend, Jordan, and I wish I had the recording. I told him on the phone, I was like, fuck, I should have recorded this because I was like, what am I going to do? This is awful. 30 days, I can't train at all. I was like upset and honest to God, like this is why I love him so much. He was so excited. He was so happy for me. It's disgusting. He was like, this is incredible. This is going to be so good for you. This is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. Like, just so happy and excited for me. And I didn't even know how to respond because I was like, wait, what? And his perspective changed everything for me because he was like, this is going to be really good for you. This is going to force you to do something different. You know, this is where you can focus on X, Y, and Z that we talk about. And he's my sounding board and the person that I, I would trust with everything. So, you know, he just gave me a really good perspective and shifted the way I perceived the situation. Because at the end of the day, it was 30 days. Now, now that sounds great in hindsight. I can tell you this very calmly, and I can tell you it was absolutely worth it. And I gained so much from it. But in the moment, it felt massive. I was like, I'm I'm losing it. I'm 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 done. Like this is it. This is the end. Like it was hard for me because again, like if you've ever trained with me or or know how I train, I I do give my best effort every single session. I like the feeling of how much it hurts, and that's kind of a sick part in my brain. I don't know where that comes from. But even previous coaches, you know, people that I've worked with, they're not afraid to push me because they know how excited I get about how much suffering is about to come, and that's, like, sick. Um, again, like, like I'm just going to be brutally honest about my personality because – these are things that I've had to sit with and like meditate on and they don't really bother me anymore because I know that I can change them, but I had to recognize them first. So, you know, these are things where I, I didn't have boundaries and it was like, I'm willing to do these things. I'm willing to do the hardest shit in the world to prove that I can. But then it was like, to who? Who are you trying to prove this shit to? No one cares. No one's watching you. Everybody else around you, everybody on social media, they're consumed with themselves. They don't give a fuck. So then I really had to realize, what is my relationship with exercise? Do we talk about that? I know we always talk about people's relationship with food. We talk about their relationships with their significant others and all those different things when you onboard them. But I don't think a lot of people talk about their relationship with exercise and rest days. If the thought of a rest day gives you anxiety, that's that's not a good thing. You, you need to examine your feelings. And that's exactly what I did. And I took that principle I'll say uh, the first week was brutal. You know, it was hard. And I tried really hard after talking to my best friend. I was like, I, I need to make sure because I'm trying to do this to lower my stress. And I know my personality and my history would say that if I'm trying to, if I'm reducing energy output, I'm going to take that time and put it into my business and I'm just going to work. But work stress is still stress. And so I had to set a boundary like these are still my work hours. I need to do something just for me, whether it's reading or listening to a podcast. I picked up reading books again 
right? Listening to podcasts, reading books for enjoyment. Cause it, it, during my master's, I would just read for research and practicality and education. You know, it wasn't like I still continue to read for myself. On top of that, I did a lot of mindset work. I mean, it was hard. I mean, meditation is not easy and you have to be willing to like, I don't know how to explain it. It was hard at first. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, whatever. But I can tell you, like I said, I've come away from it with much greater understanding of who I am, actually who I am, not who I have put out to be perceived to be. And I've I've hit a lot of parts of myself because I was afraid they would not be valued by other people. And I had to realize that in order for me to show up as me and be just fucking happy and unapologetically myself, I have to represent myself as I am. And f- if people don't like me, if they don't resonate with that, if they don't whatever, if they don't accept it, then they're just not my people. And so I think a lot of people, especially in fitness and athletics, I mean, this stems back to my childhood. If you don't know my history, I played basketball growing up. I drew pictures that my mom still has because she keeps everything, right? Saying that I would be in the NBA. Like my favorite movie was Love and Basketball and I wanted to be Monica Wright McCall. Like that's that's who I was. That was my entire adolescence and childhood into my collegiate years. And I was going to play professional basketball. And then I tore my knee. I tore my patellar. And um, you know that was the end of that dream. And then I took that dream and I put it into bodybuilding. And you see, from with being athletics, you're always taught to work hard and you got to have edge and you got to be tough and, you know, all those things. And so the feminine energy that I have really got clouded, uh, really got kind of pushed to the back burner because I wanted to be someone respected. I mean, I was from Vermont and I walked on to a division one institution in North Carolina. Like I had every card against me. And so I couldn't come in there soft. Like no one's doing that. No one's going to respect you. Like, no, it's just one of those things. It was an attitude that I had and it, excuse me, and it carried me through into my bodybuilding years. And still, you know, I had this personality of being abrasive. And I can tell you again, from chronic years of dieting and down regulations and adaptations, I feel as though and in reflection, in looking at my tendencies over the past five years, that first one was a doozy for me. And it changed me as a person along with life events and like personal experiences and relationships that I went through that were not great, that I started developing like anxiety. And I, I don't know, and I, well, I do know that I've dealt with anxiety before Sure, I would say that, you know, I've been classified as high-functioning anxiety. And, you know, a lot of people talk about that, but they don't talk about how debilitating that is when you can't sleep because your mind doesn't shut off about work, about things you need to do and accomplish, and what you're doing is not enough, and you need to do more and produce more, and, you know, all of those things. I mean, I was running on a million thoughts at a time, and it's like I just couldn't tune out. So my sleep suffered I was constantly in a state of fearing judgment, fearing acceptance. 
um, fearing, you know, all of these different things on top of my work and my passions and all those things. And this is not to say it was a whole negative. I've had beautiful moments over the past five years. I think that in hindsight, there are moments I wish I could have shown up better in as just myself. And I think that's the only thing that makes me sad. But I, I genuinely sit here with so much perspective from it that I wouldn't change it. I say that now, hoping that I will get a cycle and you know, be able to be a mom. If I can't, then I will say I definitely regret it probably because at this time in my life, it's it's important to me and I, I do I do want to have kids. I do want to be a mother. I do I do. Um yeah. So, you know, we are and will always be the product of our choices. And I very sincerely mean that and I believe that with every ounce of my being. So as I sit here recording this today, it's not anybody else's fault but my own. And this is not like a morbid, sad story. It's just the truth. Like it is what it was. I didn't know. And do I wish I had better guidance initially? Fuck yeah. I'm so happy now to see that the fitness industry is talking about these things, that we have enough information out there for people to hopefully do their due diligence, do their research and and make the right choice with a coach that fits them. Because every coach is different and at this point, you know, the reality is anybody can open an Instagram, have a great physique or genetics and decide that they're going to take clients and post that they're a coach, right? So just food for thought that there's literally no barrier to entry here. But so anywho, getting back into the 30 days off. So I, I did, I took that principle of challenging my anxiety around days off and rest days and and not training and, you know, trying to be at peace with it and work through it and figure out why. What is it that I'm, that I can't sit with here? What is it that's bothering me? And I, I deep dove into that and I did a lot of self-exploration, which was incredibly important um, in, in feeling the way that I do as I sit here today. And again, this is, now it's been about six weeks. Um, so over, over the four month, I mean, the four week mark, but continuing. And so I guess that touches on, you know, one of the questions I was asked is how did you know that one month was long enough? Well, I can tell you, I don't have a cycle yet. Um, and I can tell you that even after moving, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, I, I (laughs) had a very chaotic holiday season. Um, and then flights got canceled with snowstorms and, you know, the, the next spike of COVID, So, you know, my flights were delayed. I got back the night before I had to move out of an apartment and into my new place. So it was a lot of stress. And um, that's why I sound like garbage and my voice is a little bit raspy here because I'm, I am sick. So I promise I don't sound this deep (laughs) in real life uh, when I'm not sick and you can probably hear me sniffle. So I do apologize if that's amplified in your ears right now. But so yeah, it was a lot of stress. Um, And when I got back, I decided after just moving, I was knocked. I mean, I was down for 48 hours after just moving. Like it wasn't like I went to the gym and deadlifted 300 pounds like I used to. I would just move boxes. I mean, I did have to carry them a couple blocks and figure it out, but it's not, to me, it didn't feel like it was going to be that taxing, but my body is still like, fuck no. And so from there, it's just kind of like, okay, I want to get back into training, but I want to do it the right way you know, we talk about, again, our relationships with different things. And if I try to go back into the gym five days a week, like I used to, I will be down and out before I even begin. 
And so right now I'm starting with cardiovascular work again. Right now it's just walking. I'll be very honest because I am under the weather. I have not had the energy or capacity to try to go out and do cardio, but that is going to be my first step, right? Cardiovascular health is incredibly important for longevity of life and quality of life in the long term. Um, and there's a lot of correlation to, to heart health and, and disease. So I personally feel as though it's important for me to get my cardiovascular health in check first and make sure it is. And it was pretty good. I mean, I've done some Peloton bike rides. I do monitor my VO2 max and all of those different things, those different metrics. So I will say it's still pretty good. I think my VO2 was like a 50, 52, which is superior according to my Garmin. Um, so that's great. But that being said, I still just want to be super mindful about how I approach this because I want to do it the quote unquote right way. I know, you know, if you're training hard and you're reaching close to failure and you're really challenging yourself in your training sessions, it's very hard to train more than five days a week. I will say you can make incredible progress with four days if you're being very intentional with what you're doing. So I know for a fact that I can get back into the gym, probably see some really cool recomp as it's been a little bit of a little while and hope to progress the right way while taking adequate rest days, managing physiological stress. But I'm also not in a rush to do that. I think a lot of people will take time off and kind of half-ass it or even people in their improvement seasons that want to continue to do a bunch of cardio and, you know, fight the energy balance equation. So for example, there's a lot of people that will struggle dieting in the future because even though their calories are increasing in their improvement season, their cardio never gets pulled back, whether it's duration or intensity. So even though you feel like you're giving your body more, there's still an energy output issue. And so again, this is for me is like being more self-aware of stress states, but also being aware of my energy balance. And so a lot of people asked about my food. Um, a lot of people asked about my food. So when I started, to be very honest, I think one of the biggest blessings of this was timing. Um, I was going home for Christmas. I love my family so much. And I'll be very honest, there aren't many holidays that I haven't dieted through. There aren't many holiday seasons that I wasn't prepping through. And most of the time, pretty low carb at that point, try to have a flexible meal, still weighing everything out because like I'm one of those people that if I'm going to do prep, I'm fucking doing it. Like I'm not going to skimp on it and say I had a free meal even. No, I'm, I'm in it. I want to get the job done. It's fucking hard. So there's no point in doing it if you're cutting corners. At least that's what I believe still to this day. If, I, if you're debating on prepping, I would say make sure it's a time in your life where you're willing to really commit to that because you don't want to show up not your best and you don't want to look back with regret knowing that you didn't execute with a standard of excellence when you step on that stage because you can't control the placement, but you can control the integrity of, in which you went about your your competition season. So um, I digress. But so I was blessed to be able to go home. I, before then, was still not eating a ton of food. But again, remember, I was also having digestive issues. I was having, I mean, uh, we can talk about poop here. So if you don't want to talk about poop, you're going to want to skip over the next minute or so. But um, I was having days where I went poop, constant constipation, followed by series of diarrhea, and then a repeat cycle, right? All of this. And it was so uncomfortable. I mean, my weight would fluctuate just due to the amount of mass. Remember, weight on a scale is just a metric of mass, 
right? So if I wouldn't poop for two days, I'd be up like six pounds, like, and then I'd poop and I'd drop two pounds. And then, you know, I mean, I mean like in a net, like overall. So from baseline up six and then like secreting like six to eight pounds of poop at a time. It's awful. And then I'd be dehydrated because of all the diarrhea that I was going through and then start over, right? And so it was just just negative biofeedback. Chronic brain fatigue, I will say that was the most frustrating thing for me because I'm usually sharp. I like being – I like my ability to articulate myself. I enjoy that. But when you know words and you can't think of words, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation and I was joking around with my friend and I was trying to trying to say something and, and he knows my frustration with my situation and I'm just like oh my fucking god what are fucking words and he always says that to me when I get frustrated because he can tell like you know I, I, I I'm a lot better now for sure but when it was really bad you know he was just so good at making light of it even if it was laughing at me he got me to laugh too so that was always really good but the food thing um so I I didn't push food and that's why I needed to say the digestion thing was because I think people will, will obviously think that, you know, I should have been eating more. But again, piling shit down your throat when you're not digesting and absorbing it is not a good idea. And remember, for me, and this is my opinion, I think that if there is physiological stress and inflammation, obviously there's an issue there. Causing more stress by throwing food down your throat that your body's not digesting and absorb, absorbing and there's negative biofeedback to where there's like acid reflux and things going on. We need to make sure that we're doing that responsibly. So I was not at a point at that time to be able to go ahead and push food. Um, so that's why uh, starting macros for me were about 150 protein, 170 carb, and 40 fat. And that's where I kind of left before I went home. But then I decided to make some decisions while I was there um, to kind of change things up based on what I know. So this is going to cut me off because I'm recording on Anchor. So we're going to pause and I'm going to add another segment here momentarily. Okay, and we're back. So like I said, I was not at the most calories I could have been at at that time, but with the negative biofeedback, it wasn't. My coach that I was working with did not believe it was a good idea for me to go ahead and push more food, so we didn't. Um, but when I went home, I decided that I was going to follow my regimen. So at this time, you know, addressing hormonal issues, I had an entire supplement regimen. I had a dietary restrictive regimen. We were really trying to just nip it in the butt. So there was a lot going on and I'm not going to share that because everybody's different. What you need to do is going to be different. And so you need to seek guidance from people that know what the fuck they're talking about. And I will just make a disclaimer. There's a lot of people on social media that act like they know what the fuck they're talking about that have no fucking idea. So, and I know that from personal experience as well as other clients that have come to me from working with said coaches that pretend to know everything and practice don't know any of it. Um, at least not the way that they share that they do. So just proceed with caution. But so when I went home, um, I wanted to spend time with my family and it was really cool because my dad is like my anchor. If you guys have seen my new tattoo I did get last year, it's actually my dad. He drew it. Um, and it says Semper Fi. It means always faithful. He was a Marine. If you are, um, familiar with, with that. So anyways, 
he picked me up from the airport and we went and we got dinner on the way home. And now remember, I preface this with like I was always dieting when I went home. So he, we went out and he wanted to make sure I could get something that would be quote unquote macro friendly. So, um, we went to this like rest stop and I ordered a sandwich. Uh, they had, you know, gluten-free sourdough. So I got that and he was like, you're going to have a sandwich. And I'm like, yeah. And it was just refreshing to me. And I hadn't seen them in a long time. Um, but they, like I said, usually I'm pretty, I'm dieting through this time of year. So it was just refreshing for them and it was incredibly rewarding for me to be able to be present in that moment and like see that he was happy that I enjoyed it so much. If you guys know me, I'm a bread lover. I mean, sourdough is my jam. Gluten-free sourdough is expensive as fuck. So if any of you guys know how to bake it, please help a sister out. Um, That's a side note, but seriously, because sandwiches are my absolute favorite thing. But Anyways, so I'm really dragging this out, but I went home and enjoyed the holidays and I chose to increase my food. I was like, if I know anything for hormones, you know, I need dietary fat. It's a precursor for, for cholesterol and it's going to help. Like everything I've seen, I need to bump my fat. So I did. And I think initially, and again, I wasn't eating processed food. So remember, I'm not choosing to engage in all of the holiday fun foods, I am participating in family dinners and I am participating in, you know, things that I know that I can eat to be present with my family, which was refreshing and incredibly rewarding because like I said, usually I'm weighing out food. I'm not eating anything. At that time, I wasn't being meticulous with weighing everything out. I was like, I know I can eat this. Mom made it. Cool. I'm going to have some of it. And it was nice to just be present. And that helped a lot with my stress levels as well. And allowed me to step away from work and not be focused on getting to the gym. So I was able to just use that downtime that I needed to be present with the people that I love. And that helped me a ton. I don't know that this last month would have been that rewarding had I not had that support there. And that's a huge reason, I think, for me that I was able to be so successful with it. But even being back now, And I can tell you six weeks ago when I started, I did not think I'd be in this place where if I don't work out, if I don't feel like working out, I don't force myself to do it. And I'm so excited. Like this is not me saying working out is not necessary. It fucking is. Most people need to get in the gym and do something. But with the context of what I'm trying to achieve here, I'm not in a rush to do it. And I have so much shit that I'm excited to do this year that has nothing to do with my aesthetics. For the first time in I don't even know how long, it feels like forever, I'm so excited about my business and like growing my team and doing all of those things and building new things and being a part of new things. And I'm much more excited about helping more and doing more to help more people, to reach more people, to be more consistent, to do what I love doing and what I'm mostly passionate about, which is changing people's lives. It's not about just the physical transformation. Um, For me as a coach, like I've I've found clarity in my vision and where I'm going and what I want to offer and what that looks like and how I want to help people. And I continue to invest in my education and expanding and doing all those things. And so it's scary. Yeah. But I'm excited. And for the first time in a long time, I have energy. I feel alive. I, one of the big things, like I mentioned before, is I used to just drink coffee. And I mean like a pot of coffee by myself 
just to get through the day. I mean, it was a lot. Now I'll have a cup maybe if I don't sleep well, um, maybe one and a half to two. I'd buy half calf now, so I don't even have that much caffeine. But I can say that in itself is massive for me because I'm someone who lived on coffee, a lot of it. So that's one of the biggest things. And then my relationship with myself is the most important thing, the biggest thing. My relationship with my family, my friends, I mean, my relationship with food is also a big one. Um, And I can talk on that a little bit, but essentially I remember I had a coach and this was at the very beginning of me even getting into bodybuilding. Like I didn't really even know what it was. You know, someone said, well, you are what you eat and we don't eat fat. And so, you know, I would never eat things like steak because I was like, it's, there's a lot of fat in steak, right? Things like that. Like it's silly (laughs) when you say it out loud, but it's like, I believed those things at one point and still like, it's not that I wouldn't eat it, but I definitely didn't have it often. It wasn't something like, even if I wanted it, I was like, "Mm, it's too high fat. Like I'm not going to eat that. So I wouldn't do it. So, you know, there's a lot of things in self-exploration that I went through in the last six weeks and I do it every day as a practice now. Like if something makes me feel some type of way, I need to know why. And I challenge myself with that. If I have a negative emotion towards anything or even a positive one, like what is it that I'm, I'm loving right now, right? Is it something that I'm passionate about? Is it something that excites me? Is it something that, you know, anything? Like I just, my goal is to just continue to understand myself and to find me and to be me and to just amplify that and be confident in it and steadfast in it without trying to put anything else on my face as a mask. Like it just, I am Kate this is me. And it was, I think if it wasn't for this experience, I wouldn't be sitting here feeling how I feel today. So that being said, like, what are the next steps? How long is this going to take? I don't know. But like I said, I'm, I'm genuinely not in a rush. Um, I'm happy. I'm excited. I have so many big goals that I want to achieve and I will be back to training. I'm not shitting on bodybuilding. I love the sport. I'm very passionate about it, but I think in order to do it, you need to do it the right way and doing it when your check engine light is on, just deciding to hit the gas pedal was irresponsible. So I think if you're going to do it, be responsible about it. You know, you don't have to sacrifice your health to compete. And I think, you know, that's one of the most important things that I can say here. But, you know, if you guys want a follow-up video, if I do get my cycle and, you know, we can, we can pray for that, please pray for me. Um, But, you know, other than that, we're just going to keep going. So I, throughout the story, answered a lot of these questions. There's a lot of personal stuff um, that I don't know that I want to address. Like, well, I mean, some of it's like a lot of you guys want to know how much I weigh. Um, I can tell you when I left, I was 122. Uh, When I got back, I weighed myself. I was 119.6 eating up. So, you know, I think that a lot of people are also afraid to take time off and eat up and pull back. But. I can tell you a lot of that was probably inflammation, right? Throughout my body, water retention, things like that. Um, inflammation from stressors, obviously changing up things that I was doing dietarily as well probably helped. And now I am doing a, you know, GI kind of reset detox phase. So a lot of that is hopefully clearing out as well. So, you know, here we are. I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe I'll wake up and everything will be great. Um, maybe I'll 
you know, feel like shit. I mean, I will say the majority of my days now are good. Um, there was a time where it was like I'd have two really good days and be excited and then just like hit the tank for like four days. And then two have two really good days and then like hit the tank for another three or four. And it was just like I get so excited like it's going to get better and then it just went backwards. So I can say I'm pretty stable right now other than being sick. You know, I think that's the contributing factor and like how I feel, why I feel what I feel right now. But, you know, outside of that, I can't say there's anything negative going on. So um, thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I tried to make this a little bit short, but I wanted to make sure I, I provided, as always, my nerdy self, a little bit of education. And of course, context is important. So if you guys like this, you know, please give me a review, subscribe, leave some feedback. And uh, if you want to follow up, let me know. I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I look forward to talking to you guys soon.